Dishing It Out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins. A Go Loud original podcast. Your ultimate culinary companion. Go Loud. Sounds better with us. Okay, so another week of Dishing It Out. And this week we've got the wonderful Una Leonard, uh, who's going to be coming up on the show. And it's me, Gareth Mullins. And me, Gary O'Hanlon. And... Really looking forward to having Oon on uh, somebody that I've been looking at her career over the past couple of years and yeah. really blew up during COVID. She shares some amazing videos online. Yeah, her uh, her first bakery is actually quite near me. She's in Mullingar, you know, so I'm familiar with it. And uh, yeah, I'll be hopping on Instagram. Like, she's very creative. Yeah, yeah, and she's just moved. To, she came down to Dublin there just, uh, I think it was just at the end of November, she started doing a shop in Paris Court. Yeah. All there. And uh, I popped in to have a quick look at it last week. Uh, amazing bakes, tray bakes, brownies. And she has a really interesting story, and I think we're going to have a super Well, actually, I'll probably say it to her whenever she's in, you know. I remember hearing her on the radio, actually, before Christmas. And it's not often I've ever done it, but I stopped at the house, didn't get out. I think she might have been on with Dermot and Dave or somebody, you know. So I'm really, I've never met her. I've been, yeah. I mean, I've been in her place, but I'm really looking forward to that chat, yeah. Great stuff. So, guys, ingredient of the week. What have you got? Fresh ingredient. The humble spud. Oh, of course. Dude, I can't believe I've even, like, not busted it out week one. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is spuds. <laughs> and I'm telling you now, there's nothing that... Be, I go to Kelly's every year in, in Ross Lair, right? And hand on heart when you're down there in the summer, right? Eugene who's the amazing executive chef, <clears throat> sends out boiled spuds in their jackets. Oh, yeah. And he should get a knighthood. Do we do knighthoods <laughs> in Ireland? No. I'm telling you now, right? I'll be down there. Are they like the, 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 the new season ones? Like yeah. They just break a little bit. Yeah. The flowery spud, man. Yeah. yeah. Probably, you know, Cares Pinks would be around that time of year in the summer or whatever, you know, absolutely just beautiful at the peak of their season. And, um, you know, not much beats a Donegal spud. You know, I did a food festival last year in Rush and they were all giving out to me saying, well, we send the seeds up from Rush, you know. It's not really a Donegal spud. It's a Rush spud grown in Donegal, but it's a soil. But I really mean it. Like John Edwards in Rimelton, right? He's one of the one of the biggest potato growers in, in the country. And, I mean, I, I've been raving about his potatoes for years. And it, it's true to form. You know, there is certain soils in certain places. I mean, I can't buy a spud in France, they're shocking. They're, it is an amazing place to cook in and work in. I like in. those, uh, I think they're called Roseval. They're like a small little baby potato. They're really waxy. They make amazing uh, potatoes. Yeah, they're almost like, a, they're called a red bliss in yeah, America, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, they're small. But Think, if you just want like a, but if you just an everyday want a, mashing spud. An everyday, there, ma- you can't mash the spuds over there. No, there's too much like, too much water being held in them. They're, they're terrible. Very, very hard to get a good flurry potato. But... I just think, you know, whether it's a boulangere or a pomme dauphinois or a chip, you name it, man. I mean, is there anything as versatile as a spud? You know what I mean? What's your favourite way of eating a spud? Baked? Mashed? Oh, no, no, no. I love roast potatoes. Yeah. Like, and I, How I do have, you make your roasties? Parboil them. Yeah, good uh, boy. Uh, leave them steam off, fluff them up. Yeah. And then I... At Christmas, for some reason, I only do it at Christmas with duck fat. But um, any other time of year, you're too miserable to buy duck fat during the year, is. are you? <laughs> it must be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'd, like if I was doing it on a Sunday, normally I put a tray into the oven with vegetable oil, and then I fluff up the potatoes. Yeah. I don't season them yet, and then I pour the fluffed up potatoes onto the oil, and I roast them at two twenty for like twenty minutes, and then I take them out, and I add in some rosemary, some sea salt couple of unpeeled bulbs of garlic style crush and at that stage I add a little bit of olive oil um, and then back into the oven and just keep roasting them until they go like super crispy um, yeah. that's the key and at, like most of the time I buy uh, roosters um, yeah, because that's what you can get. They're well, that's what you get, yeah. And they're very good. Yeah, Mars pipers for chips. Yeah, Mars pipers for chips. Yeah, you yeah, got to parboil them or steam them is even better. Let them dry. I like those little cows. Uh, they a little uh, baby potato that are brilliant for Hasselbacks. They go really. Crispy. They're class for Hasselbacks. Yeah, you're yeah. spot so, on. I mean, literally, you're right. Yeah. You can go on. I do my roasties very similar. Only I fry. Them. I have a I have a walk. I have a Le Creuset walk that's quite 
heat was you know it's it's Holds thicker thicker than the regular wok, and I put a fifty fifty duck fat and vegetable oil into that with two or three decent sprigs of rosemary. Do the power boil and then team. I don't know if you know the term teaming. It's a a term that daddy would have used growing up, you know what I mean? When you strain the water off the parboiled potato, put them back on to fluff them, just giving the pot a wee gentle. They're sort of rumbling over each other, tapping the side, not so much that it'll break them, and uh, you have the heat on underneath it and evaporating as much water as possible. And then I drop in my rosemary, into the into the oil when when you think it's nearly hot enough, uh, I drop it in, and then whenever it's actually frying proper, in with the parboiled potatoes, and obviously that teeming part and the fluffing of the outside is where you Probably get the crisp, and uh, and then fry them, and as you say, toss them and toss them in fine sea salt, then or whatever other seasonings that you want. But yeah, roasty is hard to beat, brother. <laughs> yeah, what about yeah. you? What ingredient are you going with? Well, you won't beat a spud. Probably not, but I think I will. Butter. Ah, you played dirty. <laughs> you played <laughs> dirty. <laughs> Just when you when you pulled out yeah. the uh, butter, I was like, well, I've Jeez, you put, me, you put me back in my seat. <laughs> put, me, put me back in my seat there, two footed. It's like Del Boy with the four aces. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So Jesus. you know, as a chef, and when you start going into the world of media, you're always asked your favourite ingredients, and it's a tough one. But I think. Something that we can celebrate loud and proud in this country is our dairy. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, air butter is better than anyone else's butter in the world. And I know the French butter is very, very good. I wouldn't buy it, sir, over Irish butter any exactly. day of the but week. But it is good. There's I, very, very, yeah, very, very good absolutely. quality. There's some amazing French butter, French butter yeah. But um, Irish butter is where it's at. And mm-hmm. it just gives you... Does, I don't think there's anything that doesn't fix in cooking. Yeah. <laughs> like in the world of savoury, look, if you have a sauce... And it's well, I went over to Arizona to cook a dinner <clears throat> a few years ago and I went into the, the local and it was a really fancy-pancy part of this Arizona I was in and the first thing I saw was Kerry Gold and you I mean, went, oh my God. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's, mean the, it's, it's the best export up there probably with potato crisps that the country has. But look, you know, if you're making a sauce or a gravy or a soup or, you know, your potatoes aren't, you know, there's something just missing, a couple of knobs of butter in there and I bet you there's very little that won't taste better when you throw a couple of knobs of butter in there. Yeah. And I just think it's a, it's an amazing ingredient that we should celebrate more. And, you know, every now and then you hear people about, you know, cut back on butter and they're not talking about real country butter. They're no. talking about all the over-processed crap that's out yeah. there. You know, well, margarine. Yeah, I mean an ant won't even eat it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's true, <laughs> true story. You know, real, real good. And the body needs fats as well. You know, and it's like that. I mean, I said it here a few weeks ago, but moderation is key, and also, yeah. more importantly, eating quality ingredients is key. So, and you just won't get it better than what we do here. So this week on the podcast, we have the wonderful Una Leonard, uh, a lady that I met. Couple of years ago, I think I met you, and uh, I thought your your story was very inspiring. I have your cookbook, um, and we thought we'd get you in, have a bit of a chat, and you can tell us your story. So, Uni, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. One you? of the only people. It's only happened to me two or three times where I heard someone on the radio got back to my gaff, didn't get out of the car. I heard you on before Christmas. I don't know who you were talking. Who was the other one? Did you hear yourself on the radio? Uh, <laughs> Is it okay to say it was me? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was. Dulcet Donegal tones. They get me every time. You know what I mean? No, I don't know. I don't know. Really taking the piss out of yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you. Probably... I, don't know, I don't know if it was uh, Dish, or if it was Dish, and I'm reading Dish, and I don't know if it was uh, Dermot and Dave or whatever. Yes, could have But been. yeah, I was listening to you, and I was, I was really taken by just the upbeatness I think and everything else and the, your story whatever I was like going on steady and then I live in Longford I suppose and I was like oh jeez I haven't been to that bakery I'm in Mullingar all the time you know so then I was kind of annoyed at myself but I don't drink tea or coffee you know I mean as you can tell I like cakes <laughs> you know what I mean? so I probably should be I probably should be more familiar with it but no it was really it was really good and then when Gaz said it to me a few weeks ago that he was inviting you on. I was like, oh yeah, all over that, you know. So welcome. Thank you very to much. Dishing it out, the greatest show on earth. Hey. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And when when did you get into baking? If like if we if you look so the, what we like to do is trying to find out what the why is of why? food is a big part of your life. Why? Because you can't cook. Well, no, I can cook. I can cook better than I can bake. There we go. We are all um, like slagging pastry. Yeah, chefs. pastry chefs. <laughs> like slagging they can't cook. But the funny thing is, I'm not a pastry chef. I fell into yeah. that part. I am actually a normal chef. Are you a chef? Okay. I'm a chef. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fully qualified trained okay. chef. Yeah. Um, and by accident, I fell into the pastry side of things. So I'm not trained in pastry at all. Jesus, like, how do you accidentally become good at pastry? <laughs> it's unheard very of. annoying. Oh, no. Well, it's not really pastry, though. It's very more so creative. And, like, yeah. I, I fell into the... Oh, no. oh yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. You're doing yourself a disservice there. It is very much pastry. You can make it look like the Taj Mahal and all the rest. <laughs> the nonsense. <laughs> taste but if you can't... Well, no, no, that's really nice. important as well. I mean, yeah. if you have no flavour or things aren't right or whether it's a biscuit cake or and a wee sponge, you know, whatever way you go at it. But as Gareth said, there's don't do yourself a disservice yeah. there because at the end of the day, you'll sell the nice looking cake once you'll sell the tasty cake. Yeah, but I think no. it's also that's a thing like of always want to improve. Even yeah. if you have something down to a T and it's absolutely perfect and you're not meant to change it up, you're always trying to improve. And I think that's what I always do with my cakes. My design comes when I'm starting to design cake, when I'm designing, it's kind of you get into a flow of it and that's it. And I have my own style, but in the inside, it's like always. So speaking always of improve. style then, for people that aren't familiar familiar with you, like what do you mean by designs? Are you not just doing normal cakes? Is it tear cakes is it like images of stuff or yeah. celebrations so it stuff would, do you it do the weird it and wacky start, yeah it would have started with like the fondant style cakes 3D mm-hmm. style cakes and stuff like that um, and then it's like one of those things you make a tractor and you're kind of if I can make a tractor I can make anything yeah. and then it just kind of progresses into that and then you realise oh no I can't make a business there's out of money it. in tractors by the way no there's no money in tractors <laughs> not when you're spending days making a tractor yeah. but then it, it, it didn't work as a business to be that no. like I needed it. I went through the phase of a couple of years of having to make them cakes and I needed it for myself. But when it came to um, building a business, I needed to create my own style. And my own style is probably over the top a little bit, but it's a celebration. You're not getting a cake for something that you're not celebrating, I presume. So... That's what it is. And I look at a cake and it's for a three-year-old. And I'm like, three-year-old me would have loved that cake. Yeah, yeah, I probably yeah. would have looked at it and went, oh my God, that is so cool. Yeah. So I, I don't hold back. Yeah. I don't. So so how did it start then? Like if you started, you just said you started as yeah. a pastry chef. So I started as, um, I started as a normal chef. So I worked in kitchens. I studied in what GMIT. What kitchens? Um, probably the only one you'll know is Nevin Maguire's in Black Line. So Tells that, the other ones as well. You'd be um, amazed what we know. Yeah, so I was over in Athenry in the old barracks. I was in mm-hmm. Zucchinis in Navan. That was actually brilliant. Run by really, really nice people as well. Yeah, good um, shout out to them. Yeah, yeah oh, and a phenomenal restaurant. If you're ever in Navan, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, but then I... Where's home, by the way? You know? Home is at Boy, so it's kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't say at Boy, but we're very close to at Boy, but we're very much... That's where Corrigan's from, no? Just down the road. Yeah. Down the road to the right and to the left, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Two yeah, he's, he's down the road. Far, he's not yeah, far I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I know he's from that next. I always yeah, get nervous when you start alive. talking about other parts of Ireland, Blade and Brute. Yeah, well, I've never, I've, Dublin I've, I've, you, I've never met anybody uh, as city sicker than this. No, no, <laughs> over here. Terrible. It's unbelievable. He yeah, knows. Yeah. He knows nowhere. Stop. For education. Excuse me. Outside the north side of Dublin. Anyone from Culture Ireland are listening? Please don't bring him on a holiday somewhere in Ireland. Bring me away. He's a culture. well. But I was I was at home at that time, so I was working in Blackline. I was. Um, How long did you spend with? I Nevin? was. I think I was just short of a year. It was yeah. a little over a year? One or was two that years. when Glenn was there? Or? Glenn was yeah. there. Yeah, Glenn was unbelievable. Like, and you know. worked at different sections, or did you just Spurs so, fan producer Ed either. in the house, <laughs> fellow Spurs man Glenn Wheeler? Like, how amazing is he? He's pretty Spurs pretty man. Phenomenal. Mm. But we. Um, I was I was working up there and I was during my college I was just finishing my college was I just finishing my college yeah, I was just finishing my college mm. but I was really really depressed at the time like and did you know uh, at the time no I was numb I was in a bubble I was uh, un- un- like you don't know because you've never went through it before so I didn't know what had happened so a lot of things had happened in my personal life I was unable to cope with them um, I had an eating disorder as well so I was bulimic and anorexic at the time. Jesus which was really Christ. tough because I had such a love for food like mm. I loved being in the kitchen I loved learning I went in there and I was on different sections so I would have been um, 
yeah, kind of thrown through. Yeah. Like there's plenty of sections. You were working alongside whoever was there. And then at the time, I remember their head pastry chef was leaving, and I kind of moved over to that section. At the, I was on that section of time, so I never come off it. Um, but I used to go in and do the the morning the breakfast section as well because they were great mm. crack. If you yeah, ever yeah. want to work and go crack, like the best crack is the per, the breakfast people that come That's in. Because they always know they're going home. They're going early. home early, and you still have another twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I used to go in and spend the days in there and it was absolutely brilliant but I was struggling so much at home and struggling Were you, were you hiding that from Nevin at the time or were um, you able to I was oh, I was hoping I was hiding it but I don't think I, I like Glenn definitely knew um, Glenn really helped me and helped my mum because at the time I had uh, tried to commit suicide uh, a couple of weeks oh prior to do that. Sorry and, to hear that and after coming out of hospital uh, I went into a rehab clinic so the rehab clinic um, resulted in me being bedbound at home for a, a quite a long time, and the um, nurses used to come and administer my medication because we weren't allowed to have any medication in the in the house because I had to try oh, to attempt suicide with an overdose. So my mom and I know I've a mother or a parent contacts for a, a young adult now into workplace. It's kind of like oh no, but she had asked for a bit of relief from me. I didn't want to leave the kitchen because it was my. It was my only hope. It was the only yeah, thing I space. loved. It was my safe. It really was my safe space. Like beyond, <clears throat> you could even imagine. Um, so after a couple of weeks of rehab at home and getting myself into a better place, I wanted to finish out my term there. Um, so I went back up to Black Line, and my mom left her left her position at home and came and lived with me. And oh. we were just after losing our granny and my sisters and brothers were grieving as well and everybody right. was at home so she up and left um, to make good sure that mommy. I could yeah she's a good mammy she up and left to stay with me and I couldn't eat at the time so Glenn used to actually leave the food for my mom. so my lunch break was the mom used to get like they were really good and really caring and really understanding and I can't imagine what it was like from their side because now having 20 so staff myself and you look after them and you care for them so much I can understand from their point of view how tough it would have been and like what you do in that situation. And well, look, Glenn, Glenn is a is a great guy. Carmel, who's the chef yes, there now, would have been there, there too. As well. yeah, she she's was amazing, and yeah. sure, look, Nevin and Imelda oh, are the so salt of the earth. You know, so like, yeah, decent. Yeah. There's a reason. Yeah, he's so, so well liked, and he has he's a, just a really good culture. And you know, there, you, you, you know? really get you get asked that quite a lot, and. What was it like? Um, and what was it like up there? And I really do believe that you I was... You couldn't have been in a better place. This is it. Do you, I think do you remember? I, was, I remember working up there. But um, do you remember? like when the, cause That time. Because I'm asking you because you said people keep asking you. But yeah, is it vivid, what, the memory, or is it a little bit cloudy? Or It's cloudy, but I've been going through um, therapy for okay. a good few years. And a lot of it is coming back to me. I was only there this morning. So I'm still working on it to this cool. day. And I still have my ups and downs. But that, that part of that time, which was really, really tough and difficult, I wouldn't have remembered it straight away afterwards. Mm. But now the memory is coming back. Because you hit me for six there when you said that. I wasn't yeah. ready for that. <laughs> I was so blessed. That's tough. I was blessed with where I was I do believe someone was looking down on me and I was in I was there in that kitchen like for them to give me an opportunity to come back yeah. after what had happened and I remember having on my way back up to Black Line it must have been a couple couple of weeks after that I was really on my on my journey to recovery I, I, now when we talk about these like a journey to recovery can take three or four years like yeah. it, it didn't happen overnight so this was still very raw at the time mm. and I had um, a I had a panic attack, which I, would be very normal for me. I could overthink something and I, I was driving at the time. And for me to calm down, I could scrape my hands or scrape. And I hated my body so much that I could scrape it until I was um, I was panicking. And I remember it so vividly. And every time I passed the area that I pulled in and I had taken two Valium. There was two Valium hidden in my car because I rang mom in a panic to tell her that I couldn't breathe and th this is what happens. And when you can't breathe, you can pass out when you are mm. when you can't breathe for so long. And I remember the team from Black Line were closer to me than Mam was, so I was halfway there. And I, I don't really remember it that well, but I just remember them looking after me so, so well. well and they got down to me as quick as they could. Yeah. I was part of a family up there. Yeah, and that's what it is. Team. That was it. It was, yeah. it was a family. And you know, it's funny because I don't think you hear this story enough when it comes to where professional world and yeah. um, like my experience as a kitchens even though I've, you know, I've said it a couple of times on here being shaky I could tell you loads of other times where I can have moments like that yeah. not necessarily anything as horrific as what you've just told us but you know people having accidents or yeah. people 
losing somebody in the middle of a service, taking a really awful phone call. Yeah. And I think that the, the nice thing about uh, kitchens is that you are part of a family or a brigade or, you know, and there is horror stories oh, there. Of course, yeah. there's no two ways about it. I mean, there was a period there like a handful of years ago when I went into, like, I won't say where, but it was it was a corporate role in a, a corporate world. And, um, and the one thing that dramatically stood out to me was I was surrounded by people that thrived on uh, others pushing others down, and 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 Muppet. I mean, it was no, but it was it was unbelievable. You know what I mean? Because in kitchens, right? There's a, there's a culture when when you're in there, and you know I was in Viewmount House in Longford in Ireland for ten years after coming back from Boston, and not a million miles from yeah. where you are now, and. I remember in there, like, you know, if somebody got in the weeds, whether it's pastry or it's me up at the pass or whatever to be, like, the culture is... Yeah, well, every, everybody are all like going down <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. and pull them every, onto the ship. That's a culture. I'm 30 years in professional kitchens since last summer, and I've never, ever known a kitchen, any kitchen I've been in, that everybody just... It's an unwritten rule. Everybody downs tools, yeah, yeah. pulls whoever it is out of the shits, out of the weeds, and they get stuck into it. So then, to go through a period where I was witnessing from afar people reveling and others going through bad times and it's almost like they were twisting the knife and doubling down on it you know what I mean but um, I mean I'm thrilled to hear yeah. that, the, that the boys and girls in Nevin's kitchen did that I'm not one but surprised either though Later, I mean I know I know a lot of them really um, on a personal well, I think, level I think, well. you, I think in them sort of um, kitchens and I know myself now when I'm building my own team it's for, it's not so much who's the most skilled person it's who's yeah. going to fit into your culture oh, I, and I think people now are copping on to the whole culture within a workplace and it's not just in all these tech companies you, and said, you say you were at therapy again this morning mm-hmm. and uh is that just because every now and again, or is it? I mean, you don't need. I don't no, know no, if that's no. I'm happy. It, I'm, no, no. I'm happy to talk about it because I do believe that. Um, that I'm, I'm not. I'm massively open about it. If anyone asks me about it, I speak about it because it might help that one other uh, person. But um, I'm at therapy at the moment. I had a shit show of a couple of weeks. I've been very low. I've been feeling yeah. really depressed, and I went back to where I needed to. Oxygen. It's like the winters here are eighty four years long. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I think actually a lot of us in this industry probably feel like this in January because you're coming off such a high adrenaline December and November, whatever it is, your busiest period yeah. of the mm. year. You're rushing, rushing, rushing. It's like then what are you supposed to do after? Are you? That? Are you? Um, part of the baking team now still or do you have you enough staff that you can pop in pop out yeah so I've enough staff I'll I'll sit in when I need to for the busiest busiest periods um, and I suppose I can do any part of the business so the business is not just your bakery that you see at the front so there's an online bakery as well we have a wholesale side of it Um, we have obviously the PR side of things as well you enjoy Um, that I think too I do I actually enjoy a whole I, I like ch- it changes every yeah. time. Like yesterday, we were dealing with the website crashing because we were trying to get our Valentine's stuff up. Yeah. And then this year, or Looks today, I'm, yeah, thank you very much. Today, we're like in the middle of, um, we're doing loads of meetings and planning for the years. We're doing Christmas meetings and Valentine's for next year. Like everything is so different. And I love that. Dishing it out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins, a Go Loud original podcast. Giving you a helping hand with your food frustrations. Go Loud. Sounds better with us. Dishing it out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins, a Go Loud original podcast. Subscribe for free on the Go Loud app and never miss an episode. Go Loud sounds better with us. So just bring us a little bit past then, like you came out of Black Lion and you got well and then what happened then? I didn't get well. (laughs) So I came out of Black Lion and... um, I, my next stage of my rehab was actually to go into counselling, which wasn't right for me at the time. And I ended up having a relapse and a second suicide attempt, which left me in hospital an awful lot longer than the first time and left me an awful lot more vulnerable after that one. Um, And that was when my bacon journey began because I was at home and I didn't have a kitchen to go into. Right. Uh, I had a little nephew with curly brown hair <laughs> and beautiful big brown eyes that used to lie in the bed with me. I couldn't look at, I couldn't have mirrors on view. I couldn't have windows on view because if I seen myself, I would have had a panic attack. <coughs> I, I was, oh, wow. 
extremely anorexic at the time, uh, bulimic. I couldn't hold food. I was trying to, my intake was probably about a quarter of an apple a day. So at the stage, we were trying oh to introduce God. more food. Um, yeah. So with that, the nurses were coming and we were um, making plans to, instead of having one bowl of peas a day, we were splitting the same bowl that I could see the peas in into two bowls. So it looked like I was eating twice a day and then you introduced bit by bit after that. So they were coming more often to the house and, and any other Irish person you want, have something nice for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I threw myself into the kitchen to bake something for them to have. No I felt so bad that we're taking day out. Like, I know it was your job, but I was like, then you needed something nice for them. And mm. like, I was still, from the outside, I was still really oppy. If you seen me, I was happy. I was plain camogie, except for the skirt was falling off me and the jersey was down to my ankles. Like, I was still living, living my day to day life. I was extremely. Um, self-conscious I would I looked sick if anyone knew me but I was still living I was just a really numb person I was right. really really numb and I didn't care for myself and I didn't love myself did you know like did you know why you were feeling numb like I mean did you have things that was making you feel that I'm, way I'm, or, I'm or was it more a case of like what is wrong I'm, I'm figuring it out now yeah. money coming to it now like I'm literally that's 10 years more than 10 years ago 12, 13, 14 years ago I'm only learning about that now right but as the nurses came, I was baking more. Now, they were probably they burned. Your they probably, no, I don't know if I did. I'd say they probably broke a few teeth with the stuff. I know, it's not funny. <laughs> I, I have an uncle and daddy. Sonny used to walk every night. And when I think the amount of shite bread and <laughs> oh, the stuff cookies, you gave them, yeah. the muck I gave that yeah, man. Yeah. So I know and, they, <laughs> and do you know what? They feel really bad for you. Yeah. Cause they're like, oh God, oh, we can't be that bad. So they're like, yeah. really nice. Really you know, nice. when you're looking at their jaws, like, yeah. he's eating so weird, you yeah. know. And What's I'm like, wrong with your Keep eating it then if it's nice. Keep eating it. And you're like, ah. But um, I kept doing that. And then my nephew asked me to make him a cake. I've never made a cake before. Like, right. This is the little curly-headed oh, fella. So cute. Yeah, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he's now 14 next week. But anyway. Oh, he loves that. Like, you call them real cute. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I named the bakery after him. So his date of birth is the 2nd of the 2nd, 2010. That's where 2210 came from. I was going to ask you. Well, I was wondering. So, well, I thanks my for reading my question. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. So I, like, I literally, I keep telling him now, I'm like, you're never going to get into any nightclubs under that's a lovely story when he was young and pretty and curly brown hair yeah. when he's a little prick walking around the <laughs> car when he's 17 and a yeah, fag yeah. hanging out of his mouth and it's just going to be like get out of the shop nah, we're, yeah, we're, actually, I mean? we're actually we're actually lucky we're lucky he's still a really now if it was his younger brother he'd probably go wild ah, he'll go through a period well he'll annoy you yeah, yeah. Well, um, I met him this John Deere cake now when I tell you this met took five days to make yeah. it was stale by the time well, we yeah, but anyway, look, we don't gotta do the John Deere's big. Do you gotta big do John Deere's. So we met. I made a John Deere cake, and now a good engine on it. And then went. fifty-five photos of it, so you never had to do it two, again. Two <laughs> photos of it. No way. But I see oh, at the time no. I wasn't making cakes for people, so I literally oh, no. it was more of a thing that I set up at Mam's table, like yeah. it was in the table, like everyone was doing. John Deere's a tractor, right? Dude. Oh, Jesus. Not so much. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I've actually... I'll just trail it out. So it kind of is like a car, but it has like a loader on the front of it. Well, they do, lo they do lawnmowers as well, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll right. tell you what, though, man. It's one of the greatest gifts that you'll ever have is take yeah, lawnmowers. You need to get him a gator. Around, yeah. you know the little, take him uh, on a tractor yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we met, I met the tractor firm. Absolutely, we were all chuffed with it. It looked like right. a tractor. And uh, I think the neighbour then asked me for a cake and I was like, if you don't mind it, been stale I'll make you a cake because yeah. it takes me five days to yeah, make it yeah 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 say yeah what was inside I know it was actually only a chocolate biscuit so I did uh, yeah that's the key chocolate yeah, biscuit chocolate biscuit yeah. all the way for the first couple of years yeah and then it just happened like that even I can make them once yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought people were just being nice to me by yeah. like oh god there's a fragile girl let's ask uh, her to make yeah. it so then the cakes were I started like making cakes and I was so ah. Oh, I actually got, there's one in particular, it's actually, it, it was meant to be a donkey, but I'm going to show you the picture of it afterwards. It is not a donkey. It looks like the donkey long, I can oh. There's more teeth than donkey in it, but oh, no. I'll give you the picture so you can actually show with the with yeah. this because it's the funniest thing. Some of the cakes didn't re resemble cakes at all, but that wasn't what it was about for me. It was being in the kitchen. Yeah. It was in my safe space. It was hours will go by and I was in a place that I felt safe. I was happy with what I, what I was doing. Is your mommy must have just been, I mean, I, I know like, you know, reading up a wee bit about the relationship mm. before you come in, you know, 
and just being a parent myself, you know, like it's it must have been a, a mad period. I but remember you were living with her. Yeah, I remember my asking mom when I was re- I was reading the or writing the book, uh, so two years ago, and I remember just having to sit down with mom and and for the first time ever ask her her side of the story. Yeah, that was hard at times. That was it? tough. Yeah. That was tough because I've never actually <clears> went there and it broke my heart. I remember asking her, um, what was it like? And the tears were rolling down her face when she said, I used to go into the bed at night and just go over and make sure you were still still there. Yeah. And then I, I was asking my sisters um, on their side, I think, well, my sisters is in college in Sligo at the time. And it hits me every time I even talk about it. I don't talk about it too much, but she used to get, mom used to send a message out to my two sisters to say that we survived another day, every day. And they used to wait for that message to come through to make sure that we were okay. Right. And that they were going to come home, not to a funeral, and they were going to come home to the house, even though it wasn't a happy house at the time. Mm. Obviously, it was everyone was on running around. Hopes. Yeah, but yeah. Wow. And I do feel there's a part of me that went through the guilt of like, what did I take away from them for them? Because this is not like two weeks. This is two or three years of mm. a really tough time that they didn't know what, what was happening. Or they must be so proud of you now. Like, <laughs> They'll never tell me that. <laughs> no, no, they do. I bet but, you. They, I bet you. They, you know it, but yeah. they, they know. Sure, look at now, you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're very, they're very, they're very supportive of me, and yeah, of course, they continue to take the piss out of me. <laughs> Good, proper order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, you don't get a nice sound. Like they don't say that nice about you. You go in there and you get ripped to shreds. And but one of the questions I had, and I'm going to pull it back to food again, is that like in that time when you were creating recipes and you were trying to develop yourself as a baker which mm-hmm. subconsciously maybe you were doing that H- how was the tasting process and the development process it just wasn't happening no my dad really liked it oh right okay <laughs> okay so you no. used someone else yeah well it was there I can't, I can't remember fully I do remember like taking and spitting and then right. like I was bulimic right was okay yeah, yeah 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 okay I used to have it down to a tea 12 minutes glass oh. of water boom oh. right right yeah Oh, you had all oh, these things were all like done to a T. Like you knew everything. Like you knew what to do. And then, when the debate was the bakery, the next part of that then. Or? So, um, up until two years ago, there was no plan. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so this is all just rolled over. Oh, it's only two years. Um, all of this. No, no. So, no, but I mean the bakery and everything. No, the bakery is ten years this February. All oh, right. So okay, this was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had just I went back then to college. So I had one semester left in college that I needed to graduate. And once but I. But Athlone or Dublin or Galway. Oh, Galway, yeah. So I went back and finished and graduated my last semester, and. And that was in culinary arts. That or? was in culinary arts and business. Oh, yeah. Good school. Um, and I graduated on the fourteenth of November, and I. Uh, went in to Mullingar it was in the early in that January I was just after turning 22 and I saw this little shop and I had turnkey on it 750 euro um, call whatever so I went into the shop and had an overwhelming feeling that I was in the right place at the right time and I told your man there that I wanted it so I rang my mum and dad to tell them I was opening a bakery in Mullingar and they are like oh Jesus oh no <laughs> what is she doing and my hope my whole thing when I set up that bakery and I walked into that shop that day it was first off it was the first time I had a good feeling in a very long time yeah, right. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a Felt plan excited. to open yeah I didn't have a plan to open a bakery I didn't know what I was going to do I but never you were baking Billio this time I was right? baking yeah I was doing a bit it yeah, was yeah, very yeah. busy like yeah for a small kitchen at home mam was I was wrecking mam's house <laughs> and all the presses and, and mam doesn't know, even have a kitchen baking and it's, yeah. is even the, the, even oh, the right. smallest place, yeah. place yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was doing it through the night because there was the only time that no Nobody was in well, at night. Yeah, yeah, at least you were way. getting the mise en place. In yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that was your future. <laughs> that was it. Like literally, I knew I was going to be working through the night. Yeah. yeah. So I went into this space, knew it was the right place, knew it was the right time. Rang your one, actually, I rang the woman that owns it first and told her that I wanted it. And then I rang my mom and dad to told her I was told tell them I was doing it. I knew by the sign of the store like shit. <laughs> Where are you getting the money for this? Yeah, I imagine money. the text she sent when you hung up the phone. Yeah, I, I literally was like, um, <laughs> I remember looking at my bank account and because I had an overdraft from my student loan. Deadly. So I, I my loan, I'd like my loan done, and I had minus. 750 euro in my draft in my draft and I was like oh jeez that's loads of money that's loads of money yay (laughs) (laughs) I can do this and then I said to myself I was getting paid for a wedding cake 
And I was like, that'll pay for the first month. That'll be fine. Like, And then I went to the credit union at the time. You could sit down in front of your neighbour and just tell them that you need yeah. a new car, even though you're having driving in the yeah. car. And you were like, <laughs> I need 10,000 euro. So I opened up the bakery with 10,000 euro. Me and mum ripped up the floors. We put the floors back down with a YouTube video. My dad made the countertops. I never used a till system before in my life. And whatever equipment was still in the cafe at the time was what we used to yeah. set up. So there was a coffee machine there. Oh, no, there was no coffee machine. No coffee for the first four years. Couldn't afford that. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Coffee, it was just a bakery, like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So that was it, got cracking. Mam done the accounts. I must have an oven and all in it, or what? Uh, no, I had to buy the ovens. So I remember getting the ovens to wear like 800 euro each, so you can imagine. Geez, that's good going, yeah. but they're obviously, uh, well, the cakes rising. Sort well, the cake, they were actually perfect. <laughs> well, I didn't know anything about ovens. This was bigger than the one I had at home, so I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There yeah. was a sink, there was an oven, there was a mixer out of little, so I got two of them. They were red, and yeah. the didn't noise out. Like oh, no, God, no, no, no. Everything was done. But you know, it's it's amazing, though. If I, Needs most. I stood in the kitchen of Viewmount a year or so ago, right? There was architects there, there was builders there crying about the kitchen going all oh, the state of this or like putting in a new one asking yeah. me to design a new one everyone builders new owners the whole nine yards all giving out with the I was like hi the only one here not saying anything negative about this space is me worked on and it, I eh? fucking one restaurant of the yeah. year standing in here for 10 years Yeah, shut the fuck up you get it's used, grand yeah. everything was second hand James was rewiring Banbury you get a shock every few months <laughs> yeah. off it right you just laughed and says the fucker got me again but you know, it was amazing that everyone was giving out and giving out and giving out. But the place meant the world to me, right? Yeah. I'm like going, I can tell you every three or four inches of that salamander where it gets warm, where yeah. it's not really working and where it's doing whatever. But it was amazing for all the wee bits and pieces. Yeah. So listening to you there now, go on about the bits. You probably loved that. Oh, album. I loved it. You, I remember going. I remember being on Dundee and yeah. picking up these granite slabs that were left over from a yeah, hotel. Yeah, yeah, and my dad put legs on them. He and welded you'll legs. find so much. Oh my God, they like, were the best thing yeah. I ever got. You still yeah. got them? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get them. fancy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best no. thing I ever got. got rid of them. No, they were too big. They were too big. They were yeah. too big. They were. Fucking marble all over the gaff. No, there is no marble. It's that fake laminate marble is all I have. But yeah, it, it worked and it was there for the first five or six years before we started making any changes. Do you know if Yana even thought of it went to one of the coffee suppliers and said, hey, listen, I'll buy your coffee, give me a machine. Oh yeah, no, sure, I didn't Use even know. I, I, like, sure, nobody took me seriously. I, like, you're talking about a 22-year-old fragile-looking girl that every time a supplier came to me, I could not get somebody oh, to... Hi. I was going down Super Value every day to buy my ingredients. Nobody would we've, actually we've, give me anything. We've been through that, yeah. And I remember... Melissa, you can bleep out words, can't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember were the only ones that would actually um, deliver to the door, but I had to pay the driver. Yeah, well, they'll do that at the very beginning with a lot of... Even the early days up there, like people coming and saying, "Ah, I'm not sure, you know, deliver down here. So, one wee quick story. I kept receipts for all the beef I bought for nine years and then sent it to a certain supplier and said... That's why you closed down. You today. had a pretty prick. moment, moment did you? Every, every penny. <laughs> wait, was, was there a pretty woman reference there? I've never seen that. No. <laughs> no. Oh, God. But anyway. I mean, yeah, she I walks did. into a yeah, shop and she's very, very poorly and then she walks back with a like, bag. How do you like that? That's how yeah, much, yeah, yeah. That's how much yeah. I would have spent on beef. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, 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 no. Word for word. Well, I've had one other supplier that I really, really, really wanted at the beginning because they have all the really nice, fine things and I couldn't get. And they came to me two years ago and they were pleading and begging they were going to give me everything at the best price. And I said, no, because I'm giving it to the people that were there. They won. And that's it. Right, you are. Yeah. And come here then, we're going to ask you about uh, your book. Yes. That you brought in. Yes. I can see it. What's your book? Uh, Sweet Therapy. So it is what it says. So it was... In a police... You didn't bring your own book, did you? <laughs> I did. Oh my Can you God. not see from me how in I am? No. <laughs> yeah, oh hold, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a minute here. <laughs> so, this, we cannot. This morning when I was running around like a headless <laughs> chicken, <laughs> I didn't realise. No. Oh, all my books are in boxes. I don't have yeah, books. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a beautiful book. I actually own the books. So. Yeah. Yeah, I yes. do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it now anyway. And I don't look like her on it anyway. Let me see it. <laughs> And this book, I actually had to run into my shop in Powers Court to get it because I forgot to bring a book. And I was so, like, <laughs> you, so now you have a shop in Powers Court as yeah. well as the shop back up home. Yes. Did you and 
what what's where is the drive coming from to move that on do you think um there's a lot of like what's next what's next i'm not influenced and i'm not motivated by uh finances or money or charts or anything like that i'm influenced by what feels right and what's the next step and what and to be honest with you everything kind of has organically happened so like uh, with the book did you enjoy the process of doing the I did, and it was it was tough as well. Yeah, so obviously, yeah. I'm just looking at it here, and there's obviously a lot about the story that you've just been telling yeah. us here at the beginning, yeah, and then leading into the recipes. Mm-hmm. Well, that looks nice. And your um your your bakes and your live bakes all through COVID were epic. Mum were a lot of them, which I'm mum were. Yeah, yeah, a whole yeah. lot of them were mum. Oh, they were great crack. And was she a really amazing baker as well, or? Mm, she'd like to think she was yeah yeah (laughs) I know she still bakes the best apple tart ever like unreal she makes an unreal brown bread when it's straight out of the oven but I don't like it the next day I can't Uh. see it (laughs) and she does the odd thing that are really nice I I can't do as good as her like I had a slice of her apple tart the other day and it literally was a memory on a plate it, it felt like I was sitting in my granny's cottage eating it it was like everything that my granny used to and you cream with your with your apple tart or do you just have it the way it is Huh? Do you have cream with it or just the way it is? Um, no. If we visitors, there's cream. Yeah, okay. No, there's not. Just horse into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I go just plain apple tart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, she does. She likes bacon. When we were kids, now, mum was really, really good. There was always a breakfast, lunch, dinner cooked for us. It was always a home-cooked meal. There was never... Um, same dinner, same days every week? No. Well, no, she would have... dinner. No, nah, she would have changed things out of it. Yeah. Like, you could have got that rotten mince dinner on Monday and you'd be like, oh, here's a bad week <laughs> coming out. <laughs> there's nothing like... She used to just mince and gravy and onions. I'm like, oh. Yum. And then like <laughs> on a Friday, you might come home and she might have like an oven pizza in and you'd be like, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, it landed. But we never had, like there was you never. You pizza before Gladiators on a Saturday night. Oh, do you remember Gladiators? Loved up. it. Loved it. <laughs> Gladiators, ready. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, no, you can be watching that again. She'd never give us like sweet things. There was no bars or biscuits in her house. She'd always bake like plain buns, cherry buns or something like that or a brack or something. So that's what Black we were Jack used soda. to as a sweet, yes, yeah, 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 a sweet yeah. thing to us would be something like that. So yeah. It's beautiful. It's a really nice book. Yeah, what's the favourite? Like, are you, do you prefer the cakes, tray bakes or breads or like, is there... I'm a savoury girl. Yeah. Yeah, I love my savoury food. Yeah. Love my dinners. Yeah. Love really nice food. And do yeah. you still cook? Yeah, I cook every day. I love it. It's my still my place. So even though I could be in the kitchen all day baking, I still can't wait to go home and cook a dinner. Yeah, love it. Spuds. Yeah, giddy up. Not like it. Jeez, I love spuds. <laughs> I like a Sunday roast. Oh yeah. Oh. My kids won't eat spuds. They're weirdos. <gasps> yeah, they just drive me mental. You know. Yeah, none of them like spuds. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? That is bizarre. Maybe they're just going through a phase. I don't know. I hope it is. <laughs> I make a roast all dinner, the- go to all the baller, and then I'm standing there cleaning up afterwards. Like I go. Whoa. Why, yet yeah. again, have I done this to myself? Ah, they you know? come around, they're still quite Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, have you no. any wee dudes no. yet? No, no, no. Yeah, no. that's why you're so bubbly and happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have time to be yeah. here. <laughs> well, listen, it's been a pleasure to meet you, Una, and thanks a million for coming in. You're, for thank you for on. your honesty. Yeah. You're incredibly brave, and yeah, uh, I'm glad that the kitchen was... In, in some way a route for you mm. back into what seems like happiness like you're you're flying it yeah. and um, do you know anybody going into business it's just so admirable you know what I mean but in the face of adversity like you've done it it's mm. geez, but I, I, I do also hand. think yeah. when you go into business and you have this fuck it what's the worst can happen yeah. if I went into business knowing what business was going to be like <laughs> I wouldn't have went in I, I went in being like I but not can get make, as bad as it was you make a lot of very, very smart business decisions from where I'm sitting. When I, okay. I'm around a lot of yeah. business people because of the job that I do. Yeah. And uh, I would say your branding is like really, really, especially after meeting you, I think it's so smart. Uh-huh. And I like, I purposely walked over to Paris Corps because I wanted to see the shop and I went... Like she just nails every little thing that she's doing. I said that about your. Book. Oh well, now I have a great team. I do have. A yeah, yeah, team but you know, like, like I mean, that. like uh, that's what it's about. And yeah. I think you you spoke about it with the black line and yeah, like it's when people ask, oh, you, "Did you cook this?" And like it's a ballroom with two hundred and fifty people. And I'm like, mm. yeah, oh, you helped with it. Like it wasn't just me. There's more than me back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, but, yeah. You know, that's what makes it like yeah. a good leader, a good business person, a good head chef. Uh, person I think a lot well, of the I think time. I was given one of the best pieces of advice that I was ever given in business and I stick by it all the time 
always higher or better than you. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah. Surround yourself yeah. with people Surround that yourself. Are better, yeah. And I sit in there and I actually learn from them. We've two new hires who have started in January. So we are expanding the team and we continue to do so. But I'm sitting there absorbing these fresh oh, yeah. eyes. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Like what do they see? What do they think? What can we take out of that? And I'm like, oh, never actually yeah. know. Don't happening. build a team of centre forwards. You need a good spine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's But really also good. I think you need to, look. you need to have the confidence to recognise that the people in your team need development and yeah. recognise their strengths and yes. then you know and then, let, and then let them let, yeah. rock and roll yeah. leave them off yeah. 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 yeah yeah that's it awesome okay Una that's it thanks a million that wasn't thanks, too painful thanks guys no <laughs> yeah. that was wonderful thanks so much <laughs> and now it is time for our culinary conundrums or questions I don't know how, what we call them but anyway over to producer Ed the master thank you Gary I'm going to get myself a jingle for this just <laughs> yeah. I, I feel please naked. do I feel naked <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Hello, Gareth and Gary. Just love the show. Learning lots. I will be catering for about 40 people this May for my daughter's communion. Any tips? I'm thinking I might prepare ahead some shoulder of pork, pulled pork, served with crusty rolls, salad, sweet corn. Could I make the pulled pork a day or two in advance? We'll probably make a chocolate cake and have ice cream for the kids. I don't have any help and family don't ever bring along dishes as everyone is traveling. Okay, that's a lot to take in. Second question, why is brisket beef or beef cheeks so hard to find? None of my local butchers and meat have them. Is a factory shop for beef an option? Thanks for a great show. That comes in from Fiona. Wow. Well, Fiona, welcome to my world. Nobody brings anything to my house when they come out <laughs> here. They just come hungry. They want grub. But you've hit the nail on the head. Really good shout doing the pulled pork. And absolutely, in fact, I would go as far as saying it's absolutely even better to do it like ahead of time. There's no chance you're going to be able to do a dish like that on the day anyway. It takes too long. You'll want to be up at five o'clock in the morning. And there's an awful lot of manipulation and work involved in it. But just what you said there, you're going to do the crusty rolls. You're going to have all your sides already. All can be done a day, possibly even two ahead of time I'd recommend a lovely little celery remoulade just if you want to fancy up the coleslaw that's just julienne of celery whole grain mustard a little bit of Dijon mustard as well and some mayonnaise lime juice lemon juice salt white pepper and maybe a little bit of parsley or coriander is beautiful but the pulled pork you keep your juices you have your, your pork done the day before as you mentioned on your roasting tray Retain your juices, strain your juices into a separate pot. And then the day that you want to use them, bring those juices to a boil. Pull your meat out of the fridge and pour as much of the juices as you can all over the, the meat. And then wrap it with tin foil again. And just put it into an oven that's maybe a little bit, around 150 or 160. You just want to reheat it. Put it in early and reheat it slowly. And, um, and it'll soften as well, obviously, as it comes up. And then lift it out to serve. Make sure that there's no juices, obviously, whenever you go to serve it. And uh, you just want it coming out hot. But definitely, yeah, you can do it ahead of time. As for the beef cheeks, I'm kind of quite lucky. I have a beef supplier, Johnstone Beef, that I would have used whenever I was in the restaurant. And quite often, I would I would ring up the boys and just ask them for cheeks whenever I want them or this and the other it's not something I've actually asked my own local butcher for I'm, I'd be amazed if they weren't able to uh, get them for you with a wee bit of advance notice especially anybody that's bringing in you know whole carcasses and hanging them if anybody that you know any butcher that you know is doing a wee bit of dry aging themselves they'll they'll have cheeks to hand you know just ask them yeah I mean you've nearly covered it all there but the two things I would say the pitfalls around doing pulled pork is that you don't uh, it, it becomes dry you really have to think about what you're serving with it um, and I think one little key is if you just salt whatever cut of meat is that you're going to do did she say shoulder or belly? She said shoulder shoulder yeah. yeah so what I would say is if you are doing a shoulder I would also buy a little bit of belly because that extra little bit of fat mm. when you're doing a bit of pulled pork. Well, that's why I said the remoulade too. Yeah, exactly. It helps, yeah. Know, yeah. Um, um, and then you're just going to salt it. So that the day before you're going to cook it, you're going to just season it really well with some salt and some fennel seeds. If you have them, leave them in your fridge. The next day you take it out, you pat it dry, and then you follow your recipe for pulled pork. 
And then as and that's key. Actually, it's a good call. I missed that again because you got to get flavour. Well, you got to get flavour into pork. You know what I mean? She that knows what she's at. Yeah. Yeah. And then then when you when I like to when Gary was saying there reducing down your uh, your liquor, I like to put in a little bit of uh, corn flour with that just to thicken it slightly slightly. And when you're adding that into your pulled pork, it just it sticks on to it. Yeah. A little bit better. I think it's a good little trick. And then I would say to you around the brisket and the cheek, um. You have to just go and talk to your butcher. That's the key. So yeah. just go in and tell them what you're trying to do. I don't know what the dish is that you're going to try and do, but if you're really struggling to get cheeks or brisket, go down the road of pork short or beef short ribs. Um, it will give you the same bang for your buck. Um, not as difficult. Cheek is a very difficult thing to cook. I'm not saying you can't cook it, but I would start with a Jacob's Ladder or a beef rib is a is a lovely cut of meat and I'm assuming you're going to braise it in some way because that's what you have to do with a cheek. And then you can go and... F- brisket, is again, is a tricky enough piece of meat to cook. Well, I would say the cheeks aren't too bad. No, it's no, just no, time, not, really. But, yeah, the br- but the brisket is not for the faint of heart. No, 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 it's that. tricky. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, what I like about cooking short ribs is they don't take as long as, yeah. a, as a cheek. Uh, and there's more fat in them, so they're they're more forgiving. And, and of course, you know, I mean, cook beef cheeks, no bother, like all day long, cook bricks all day long, but I'm just yeah. giving you one that's a little bit handier. Great stuff. Thank you, Fiona, for that. Uh, the next one comes in from Bill. More of a, a statement of agreement than a question, but I will read it out. I enjoy the episode featuring Mark Moriarty. I totally agree with Mark that a lot of Michelin star restaurants follow unprofitable business models that prize recognition ahead of economic benefits. And yes, a lot of them just come and go. I have a lot more time for fine dining restaurants that stay open week after week, year after year. Regards, Bill. Good man, Bill. All right, Bill. It's like a letter to the Times. <laughs> yeah, Dear yeah. sir or madam. <laughs> okay, this is a great one as well. So, hi, Gareth and Gary. Big fan. Look forward to your podcast every Wednesday. Love it. Cooking is my number one passion. While I can't bake to save my life, my family and friends regard me as an excellent home cook. My favourite day of the year is Christmas Day. Not for the gifts, but because it's the day where a month of planning and prepping all comes together. My husband delighted me with a requested Christmas present. Okay, my pronunciation here needs to be corrected probably. A set of Wusthof knives. As you guys were talking about them, so I had to have them. Love them. Problem is, my knife skills are pretty rubbish. I'm talking basics like chopping veggies. I'm quick, but my technique leads a lot to be desired. I've watched TV chefs, etc., videos online, but I can't quite get it. Do you know if there's any real-life courses in Dublin to attend to learn basic fundamentals? Please keep dishing out coming, guys. Thank you, Catherine from Dublin. Well, Catherine, the first thing that springs to mind there is the word quick. The last thing you should be with new knives, or if you're if you're only becoming new to trying to chop like a pro, quick is the very very last thing. Technique must come before speed. Speed will just come naturally, and there isn't a good chef alive today that cares less about speed. Accuracy really is is the big thing. Look, YouTube is the mecca for little videos. I mean, I imagine that there's any amount of little tutorials up there. You've obviously done the first thing that I imagine Gareth would suggest and you bought good knives first and foremost. They've got to be sharp. They've got to be high quality. There's nothing like a blunt knife to cut you. And the, the next big thing then would be Look, for a wee quick one here, I'd just say is the blade almost always needs to be brushing against your your fingers, your forefingers and the tips of your fingers from that first knuckle down need to be tilted or inverted inwards. So when the knife's coming down or the knife was to slip or whatever, your nails are, are down, your, your, your hand or the fore part of your fingers is against the blade. It's almost leaning forward. So if the knife does slip or come down, your fingers aren't tucked in under the blade. But just go on YouTube, go through a few tutorials and please, please, please go slow, stay slow. And when slow is just coming to you with your eyes closed, then you can worry about pace. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to add to that, but all I would say is uh, one thing I see, the most common mistake that I do, or I see with people using a new knife, is that they're lifting the knife up and down off the board. Okay. And that's like a really poor technique. Yeah. So if she got a set of Wusthofs, she's definitely had to get in a French 
chopping knife. So a French normally six or eight inches long, and it's one of those where at the butt of the knife is is longer, and then it goes up in a curve, and it's shaped like a boat up to okay. the tip. The reason it's like that is because it'll rock as you're chopping, and I'm doing it there so you can see it. But um, all you do rather you were doing crouchy celebration, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> rather than lifting it up and down, you actually keep the knife on the board and you yeah. get that rocking motion. And then once that becomes habit, yeah. then as Gary rightfully said, the speed comes or it doesn't come. Well, it's but, like learning an instrument, isn't it? I mean, someone yeah, says, "How do I learn to play the guitar quick?" You go, well, "No, that's not the point." Yeah, yeah, yeah. People see, no, 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 no. You have to learn your technique first. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same with knife skills. And come here. Unfortunately, it's part of the part of the learning. You'll get little yeah. nicks along yeah, the way. Nicks, but yeah. if you if you if you get normally when you cut yourself, you know you're going to cut yourself, and you, <laughs> you so you know trust your instincts. Take it nice and slow, and be safe. One more from Mary, Gareth and Gary. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. It becomes my go-to while out walking. Mind you, I do get funny looks when I laugh out loud <laughs> from some of Gary's comments. Oh, thank you very much. I did Gareth's cookery courses during COVID and I learned so much. Each Christmas since I watched the video on removing the legs from the turkey, my husband will only eat the dark meat, so I now cook one leg on Christmas Day for him, then the others on St. Stephen's Day. So to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks is totally wrong. I'm a sucker for gadgets, and I totally agree with buying a Kenwood Chef. I got a present of one nearly 40 years ago, and I'm, it's still going strong. You were discussing portion sizes a couple of weeks ago, and I feel that the size of the dinner plates sold now are far too large. I have no problem having a meal in a restaurant that doesn't fill, sometimes even half the plate, but at home, I feel I'm trying to fill the plate. I'm heading out for a walk and looking forward to listening to you chat with Mark Moriarty. Cheers, Mary. I suppose she's, Mary's asking about portion sizes. Yeah, and I think a general rule of thumb, Mary, we spoke a few weeks ago on Gadget of the Week about getting yourself a little scales, or it was last uh, episode, and that really is the starting point to know how much protein you have to eat if you if you eat meat and fish. So a general rule of thumb is about anywhere between 180 and 220 grams. So that's like between 6 and 8 ounces of mm. either fish or meat. And then really, if you think about that, it's kind of like the shape of your hand if your knuckles are closed. And then what you'd want to have is twice as much vegetables on your plate than that. And then one part carb, whatever that is, be it potato or be it pasta or be it rice. And there's a general rule of thumb that when you're dressing a plate to eat at home. Um, and I think Operation Transformation was discussed here uh, yeah. last week. And they have some brilliant guides about the amount of food that you're going to eat. And really, the more you give yourself the more your stomach will want. So like, yeah. if you are putting a bit too much on the plate, you're going to have to train yourself back down a little bit. So don't go from eating. If you are overfilling your plate a little bit, don't just turn around tomorrow and give yourself nothing to eat. Just dial it back down a little bit. Yeah. In a restaurant scenario, or in a hotel scenario or whatever, it, it's a little bit different. People are coming in to eat three or four courses, but I would approach that exactly the same. So if I'm doing a tasting menu where it's four, five or six courses, it gets smaller and smaller because I have to need to think people have to eat all this food. Um, but generally speaking, about 180 grams of meat is enough, I think, to eat or fish. And then that also applies to when you're going to do your shopping. So work it out. You know, if you're going to make a, a bolognese for four people, you need about 600 to 800 grams of mince. And I actually think you'll have a little bit left over if you do that. So that might help. Cheers, Gareth. And thank you, Mary. And don't forget the email address is food at goloudnow.com. And just a wee quick one on that. Do what my wife did. And she just said, because she kept eating the dinners because the dinners were nice. Thank you very much. But I have the small plates. Yeah. And it just says, stop giving me dinner on a large plate. Just give me the smaller plate. And you know what? I use a small plate now myself as well. And it's it's more than enough food. And you do tend to fill a plate. You know what yeah, I mean? If you At home anyway. It's not in the restaurant because in the restaurant as well, we're trying to make things look pretty and look neat and tidy. As Gareth mentioned, you take you factor in the fact that it's three, four, five, six courses. So you get away with that. And sides are usually served separately because it just looks nicer that way. But um, in our house... Very simply, change the plate size and that fixed the problem. Perfect. That concludes Culinary Conundrums. So that's us for another week. Una was, i got to say, she hit me for six there, Gareth, with some, some it was topics. It amazing, honest, needed conversation, I think. And, you know, to, to see somebody come in and speak that candidly and openly and honestly about a very, very, very difficult subject. 
uh, I think was very inspiring and um, something that I think a lot of people will get value from. Yeah, good um, for her. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about her mommy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, not to sound selfish, like obviously your immediate concern is about her and I mean, she looks amazing now and she is coming across bubbly and happy and full of life and what an unbelievable business that she's developed. I'll tell you, she she's made a good stuff to come back from what she's been through to, to get to today. And she obviously has all the right supports around her and I think you yeah. know, she, she spoke about therapy and the other things and that's key to managing any of this stuff. I think yeah. So she's certainly evidence towards it but yeah and uh, also great crack ah yeah she's yeah did you see the way she lit up as soon as she spoke about you know the, the making the tractor it was a tractor wasn't it yeah John Deere <laughs> 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 yeah but all of the, all of the, I mean just good crack and there she was running off to go and teach Camogie or be involved yeah in and my wee niece is in her yeah, club there you go yeah wee Emily oh, yeah, it is a small world and lovely to hear her Talk about Nevin. I know Nevin's a good friend of yours and mine, you know, and it was no surprise to know that that he was a, a solid cat, him and Glenn and Carmel and the crew up in McNean House. So fair play to all of them. Alright, that's us for another week. See you soon, brother. Dishing it out with Gary O'Hanlon and Gareth Mullins, a Go Loud original podcast. Subscribe for free on the Go Loud app and never miss an episode. Go Loud. Sounds better with us.